Good morning, everyone. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Game Changers Devotional. Uh, it's a Bible study. It's not associated with any company, institution, or denomination. Uh, just started by a group of believers that uh, wanted to do something in the middle of the week to kind of finish out the week strong. Um, if uh, this is your first time, though, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, if you've received our text message uh, that comes out on Tuesday evenings, feel forward. To, uh, feel free to forward that on to others. And uh, so that they can enjoy the conference call and uh, with the devotional. And, uh, and if you want to tell them, they can just text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, CHANGER, C-H-A-N-G-E-R, one word, to 474747. Uh, it'll automatically uh, get them signed up uh, where they can receive our text reminders. Uh, we do have a Facebook page. I've fallen down miserably uh, keeping uh, updated content going on that, but I'm working on getting better at that. So. Uh, I apologize uh, for that. Um, today, Jacob James is going to lead us in our devotional, and I'll turn it over to Jacob now. Thanks, Mike. Um, I'm kind of going to go fast today um, because I have way too much to talk about and realized it and said, uh-oh, I can't do this possibly in 10, 12 minutes. So, um, so if I'm talking fast, forgive me. Um, but anyways, just warning you guys. Um Real quick, I just want to say a quick prayer, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every person on this call, Lord. God, nobody's here on accident. Your spirits led them here. Father, just today, say what you want to be said. Teach us what we need to know. God, move me out of the way. Speak through me, Lord. God, we pray these things in your name. Amen. So a few years back, um, God kept putting this word into my head. I mean, it was like an alarm clock glowing off. And uh, all day long, every day, I was kind of shown my shortcoming and something that was holding me back from something God was wanting to do in my life. And, uh, and I think a lot of people can be familiar with this one word. And uh, the word is offended. And uh, I would go through my day, and I would be offended and by what other people are saying and what other people do. And, and God was just telling me, he said, how can you possibly be a blessing to other people if you're allowing other people to, the exact people that you're trying to change, the exact people that you're trying to be a blessing to, you're allowing people to offend you. And, um, and so today, I kind of just wanted to talk about that. And uh, the biggest thing I learned about being offended was that it's selfish. It's a choice, and it's selfish. And, sometimes, and that really just struck me. Wow. That's selfish. And so, um, you know, the verse that I'm going to talk to you guys about today is uh, just a really small verse, and it's in Matthew, and it's in uh, chapter 11, and uh, it's verse 6. Before I tell you about that verse, what's going on here is John the Baptist is sending his disciples to Jesus, and he's asking Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been waiting on? And Jesus sends back message, and he's saying, basically, yes, I am the Messiah, and he tells him all the things that he's been doing. But the last thing he said to John the Baptist um, in verse 6, Matthew chapter 11, he says, John, listen, blessed is the man who is not offended on account of me. And he's urging John, don't go out and be offended, John. And Jesus was never offended, and he doesn't want anybody else to be offended. He doesn't want you to live a life of, of being offended. And so i got a really ridiculous example, and I've got to go quick on this. And then I'm going to tell you the, the real-life example. Um, just to kind of really quick give you an example, the real-life example, I was in um, uh, South Georgia. I'd been there for about three weeks. I was working uh, Hurricane uh, Irma, 
And I was flipping through the channels, and I come across a Christian talk show radio show. And the people were calling in, and they were very angry, and they were name-calling, <laughs> and uh, just as bitter as can be. And this went on and on and on. And uh, the talk show host, man, he was just a stirring the pot, and then he'd pray, and then he'd turn the pot some more, and then he'd pray. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, wow. And I'll tell you what they were talking about. And before I tell you that, really quickly, I want to give you this illustration because it may help you. Um, if somebody was to knock on your door, and they come to your door, and they're argumentative, they're mad, and they tell you, hey, you've got hot pink grass. I do not like your hot pink grass. You need to do something about your hot pink grass because nobody likes it. And you look at him and say, my friend, my, my grass is green. In fact, it's probably greener than anybody else's grass in the neighborhood because I fertilize it and I water it daily. And the person goes on and on. Well, at that point, this is kind of rule number two of, uh, and, I, and I'll get back to rule number one, rule number two of not being offended is to let go of your need to be right. And I can't tell you how many times that's gotten me out of being offended and starting an argument that should never, ever have happened. Just let go of your need to be right. And this is a silly example, but you just say, hey, thank you, God bless you, have a great day, and leave it at that. And so in this conversation going on in this Christian radio show, these people are mad about this NFL football player who has protested, and he's kneeling for the flag. He's kneeling for the national anthem. And people are so mad, and they're calling in names. They're calling in on Christian radio shows saying, this guy's a thug. I will never support the NFL. I'm not going to buy NFL merchandise. I'm not going to do anything. I'm mad. So all these people are offended about this. These are Christian people, and it wasn't just these people. I mean, I got back to my hotel and realized this was going on everywhere. Everybody was offended. Everybody was offended. And to go back to the pink grass example, look, we know, every single one of us knows what that flag means. Every single one of us knows what that national anthem means. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, they all died for our freedom. We know what that means. I know my grass is green. I know what that flag means. Let go of your need to be right. And that's all I have. A protest is not a protest if nobody's paying attention. If you go down to your state capitol today and you start protesting and, and nobody shows up and nobody cares, it's not a protest. And that could have been suffocated really quickly, but people became offended. And Jesus is telling John the Baptist and he's telling every single one of us, you can put your name in there, Jacob James, do not be offended on account of me. He's saying on account of me, and if it's an account of Jesus not to be offended, then why are we going to be offended when anything else happens? Because Jesus is above all else. So why would we let that become offended? Because what Jesus was telling John the Baptist, John, they're going to spit on you. They're going to hate you in my name. They're going to kill you, John, in my name. Don't be offended because what I want you to do, I want you to change their heart, not them change you. And that's often what happens is the Christian person, us, when we're trying to bless other people, we're the ones that are being changed to the world versus the world being changed to the Christian. And that's why Jesus was telling John that. Rule number one, since I missed it, is, guys, you can't do this on your own. You cannot go about daily and not be offended. You have to surrender to God on this. And, you, and God is, he's a real God. He desires a real relationship. And he wants you to spend every single day with him so that when that time comes, you're prepared. And the verse that I like that tells you this is Jesus talking in Luke chapter 6, 45. He says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you putting in your heart every day so that you're prepared? In Philippians, Paul talking in four, chapter 4, verse 7, he says, his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Guys, every day you've got to put his word in your heart. And, man, that makes you so strong. People can't offend you. 
you become radical against being offended. It just you don't allow it. Um, the next thing is something that I always do, and you guys have heard me do this, is called self-talk. I love self-talk, and so I'll talk to myself, and I'll say, I'm not a thermometer reflecting the temperature of others. I'm a thermostat. I set my own temperature, and it's like a little ghost of me right next to me whispering in my ear. The minute some, something happens that starts to offend me, I say that, the very minute. And I had something I wanted to share with you, and I can't do it because I didn't run it by my wife. <laughs> but she said something this week to me, and I, and I didn't get her authority to say it, so I'm not going to share it. But I had to go through these things. I said, I'm a thermometer. I'm, I'm not a thermometer. I'm not going to reflect the temperature. I'm a thermostat. I'm going to set my own the temperature. Number one, I'm going to let go. I'm going to need to be right. And that morning, I was praying. I was with God. I was talking to God. I was reading his word. My heart was overflowing. So it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. And the final thing is it's a choice. It's a choice to become offended. You choose to. There is no welcome spot for offended. None. No welcome spot. And that's what I say. I don't welcome it. The door handle is always on your side of the door. If offended comes knocking at your door, then don't answer it. The door handle is always on your side of the door. One of my favorite examples of this is uh, Satchel Paige. He was a, a Negro League baseball player, one of the best baseball players in the world in his prime. And, and he was uh, pitching against uh, the St. Louis Cardinals in an exhibition game. One of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball at the time was a guy named Bob Feller. And uh, Satchel Paige won the game. Uh, they, they scored no runs. Satchel Paige could not get into Major League Baseball because of the color of his skin. He finally did at the ripe old age of 42 when he was past his prime. But Satchel Page was treated horribly. People said terrible things. And a reporter asked him after that game, and said, Satchel, how do you do it? And with the full armor of Jesus on him, Satchel Page says, I never let another man shrivel my soul by making me hate him. Satchel Page was radical against being offended. Jesus was. And guys, you should be that way too. And I say all that to circle back to this. We had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about being perfect. And, and Jesus actually defines perfection, and it's a wonderful, beautiful conversation he's having with a young man. And hopefully in a, in a few weeks maybe we can go over that one. But Jesus defines perfection with one word, and it's love. Last summer, my two kids, I've got a, at the time they were five and three, Jason and Jake, a little boy and a little girl, they came running to me and they said, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy we want to give the garbage man a, a treat bag. And I said, okay. And it's kind of spontaneous because he's two houses up. So I said, man, we better hurry. So we packed a little bag full of treats, chips, and candy bars and whatnot. Fruit roll up. It was really healthy. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we took him uh, Gatorade and we went down there, me and my wife and my kids, and we gave him a treat bag. And, man, he was just a uh, smile, a big, big smile, so happy. Well, I didn't know this, but the kids wanted to keep doing this. And they don't know the days of the week. They asked, Daddy, when's Monday coming around? When's Monday coming around? And every day, every Monday that summer, 7.45, between 7.45 and 8, we would meet the garbage man, and we'd bring him that bag. And then my wife had a great idea. She said, you know what we ought to do? We need to make a, 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 an encouragement note, a card. We need to put a card in there with a Bible verse, and we'll start putting that in the bag. And so we did, and it grew better and better. And then finally, at the end of the summer, we said, Tony, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. Next week, we go back to school. We'll be gone before you come around. And the biggest smile, he said, God bless you. Thank you so much. About three weeks later, a garbage truck pulls into our, into our yard, into our driveway. Oh, man, what's a garbage truck doing in our driveway? Late one afternoon. Tony, the garbage man, he steps out of the truck, 
and he has his district manager with him. This guy's got nice pants on and a button-up shirt. Says so a waste management on the on the chest. And they bring our kids these two huge garbage truck toys, both of them. I mean, huge garbage truck toys, and the kids are just so excited. And the district manager looks at us and he says, Tony came to my office a few weeks ago, and he was fighting back tears, and he told us about your family. He said, man, it just moved me. He said, Tony sees thousands of families during the course of his week, and one family made a difference in his life. One family was a cup of inspiration on a Monday morning for Tony. And, man, you just don't know how much Tony needs that. One family made a difference. Man, my kids thought the garbage man was the greatest man in the world. They loved the garbage man. They absolutely loved the garbage man. Did you know who else thought the garbage man was the greatest man in the world? God did. You know who else loved the garbage man? God did. And, guys, God loves you. He cares for you. Every single one of you, don't ever forget that. If you ever forget that, look down at your fingerprint on your hand. That fingerprint is special to you. Nobody's ever had that fingerprint. Nobody ever will again. And that's how special you are to God. We've got Memorial Day weekend coming up, and all of you guys are game changers. It's not about, I'm not looking for blessings to come into my life. I'm looking to be a blessing in somebody else's life. Go do something for your neighbor. Cut his grass if he needs it. If somebody likes to barbecue, grill out in your neighborhood, don't bring him one bag of charcoal. Bring him two bags of charcoal and say, God loves you. I love you. Thank you for being a good neighbor. If you haven't talked to a family member in a long time, bring him a key lime pie. Sit down and talk to him. Just listen to him. Hang on every word. Tell him you love him. Thank you for being such a good family member. And, guys, if all else fails, you come around next week and Tuesday and say, man, I don't feel like I've been a blessing to anybody. Pick up the phone, text somebody, call somebody, and invite them to Game Changers call and say, man, come to Game Changers. Meet Jesus with me. Every Wednesday morning, he's there. Guys, you'll bow your head and I'll end this in a quick prayer because I went long and I knew I would. God, thank you so much for this call, for this Game Changers call. God, thank you for loving us. Or on a Wednesday morning, we can come together and we can feel your heart and know what matters to you, God. God, we love you so much. Help us to be game changers in other people's lives. Not looking for blessings to come into our life, but looking to be a blessing in somebody else's life. And God, one day when we see you face to face, God, you see, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You are a game changer for me on my behalf. And I love you. Father, we pray these things in the mighty, powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.